You've heard me talk about my sleep number bed and how great I sleep. And now we have great news. There's never been a better time to come to a sleep number store where all the beds are on sale during the biggest sale of the year. The sleep number bed lets me choose the comfort and support that's right for me. It adjusts on each side, so it's the perfect bed for couples. Now there's also amazing new Sleep Number 360 beds. So smart, it actually senses your every move and automatically adjusts to you so you stay sleeping comfortably throughout the night. My Sleep Number setting is 90. My Sleep IQ score last night was 82. Come in during the biggest sale of the year. All beds are on sale, including the new Sleep Number 360 smart beds. Plus, right now, a Queen C2 mattress is only $699 and Sunday. You'll only find Sleep Number at any of the 550 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Call 1-800-390-9100 or visit sleepnumber.com and be sure to tell them George Norrie sent you. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Mitch, let's talk about ESP, extrasensory perception, telepathy. My late aunt, I don't know if you ever wrote or read her books, A Breakthrough to Creativity by Shafika Karegula. It's on my list, George. Perfect. <laughs> I'm getting it tomorrow. She uh, she was she devoted her whole psychiatric practice to studying telepathy and ESP. It's she she was just obsessed with that. You call it a form of magic. Tell me why. Well, I write about it in many of my books. You know, when I say magic, it, it really is a way of talking about things that exist in our natural world, but that we call supernatural because we don't understand the mechanism behind them yet. But through ESP research, what we've been seeing, and this has been going on in a formal way in our country since the 1930s, scientists have been able to codify some kind of anomalous transfer of information in a laboratory setting which tells us that we have evidence for ESP. We don't yet have a theory of its mechanism. That has been the elusive card. That's why it's still associated with the supernatural. We don't have a theory of transference, but we understand fully, or people may have theories, but there's not a consensus. We understand fully that the evidence is there. We don't understand yet what exactly the mechanism of transmission is. It could be interdimensionality. It could be that there are multiple outcomes existing simultaneously, something that's been suggested to us in quantum physics, and that we're able to get glimpses of these multiple outcomes. But forms of precognition and telepathy have been documented. And the implications of these things are extraordinary for everyday life. Uh, I've theorized that it could be that what we call positive thinking is really just a subset of this phenomenon that we're walking around all the time thinking about things that we need, people who we might need help from, wondering who could meet us halfway, who could provide some kind of assistance, and in a sense we're serving as transmitting stations, so to speak. So what you're thinking about can bring you in touch with extraordinary coincidences that may be more than coincidences. There may be some kind of non-physical communication going on. How does psychokinesis work? Well, it's very interesting. You know, J.B. Ryan, the great ESP researcher at Duke University, was experimenting with psychokinesis for several years, and he found that people were, through concentrated thought, able to influence the role of dice. They were able to create some kind of a blip or a departure from chance results in the role of dice. So it's extraordinary. You know, if we have evidence that suggests that the mind is a physical force and that its, its, its 
its, its actual tangible abilities can be felt in however slight a way, it upends everything that we have been led to understand about the nature of human existence. The only force that human beings are supposed to possess is motor force. But if we find that we possess some kind of psychokinetic force, it undoes the idea that the mind is a localized phenomenon that's produced just by the brain. It suggests, in fact, that the mind is some sort of an overmind. The Greeks called it nous. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson called it an oversoul. Napoleon Hill calls it the mastermind. It suggests that there is this atmospheric mind that we're all participating in and that this mind even may have certain palpable, tangible physical abilities. We know for a fact that the mind can events physical change in the body. Uh, the field of neuroplasticity, for example, tells us that extended thoughts produce measurable changes in brain chemistry that can be detected through brain scans. So we have evidence of mind over matter in the body. Is there mind over matter outside the body? J.B. Ryan at Duke University conducted experiments where he felt that the answer was yes, we have that evidence. What we just don't have at this point is a consensus-based theory of transmission. How powerful is the mind anyway, Mitch? You know, George, that is the question of our generation. That is the question of our generation. I would say over the past 150 years, our conceptions of the mind in every field of study have expanded. In psychology, in medicine, in physics, in brain science, our, our study into the placebo effect has just expanded dramatically over the past 10 years. Uh, people have had positive effects when they are given a so-called transparent placebo. Alan Langer, a psychologist at Harvard, has demonstrated that if people are educated about the um, physical benefits that you get from certain activities, they will lose weight just based on having been educated about the positive effects themselves. You can have one control group that's uneducated, one control group that is educated, and the people who learn about heart rate, blood pressure, and so on, and how their activities can positively impact that, lose more weight. So we're seeing that the mind plays a role in weight loss. I mean, the, the things that we're learning in placebo studies go beyond what anybody would have imagined a generation ago. So the fact is, the real question of our generation is that of the mind's frontiers. We are getting a deeper and deeper conception of the power of the human mind, and this, is, this occurs commonly across every field of study. And, you know, I think that our generation is probably going to have a perspective of itself that is as upended by an appreciation of the powers of the mind as the Victorian generation was upended by Darwin's theories of evolution. We are going to have a new conception of what it means to be human because we are gaining a deeper conception of the non-physical abilities of the mind. We have a non-physical existence alongside the physical, and that's the breakthrough that we're experiencing. That's the breakthrough understanding of our generation. Sunday night, my guest was Dr. Joseph Gallenberger, and he's written a book called Liquid Luck, and he has experimented in Vegas with a number of subjects based on positive thinking and being upbeat. And he said, without a doubt, 
when you go in there with a positive outlook of you're going to do this, you're going to win, you're going to be able to change the outcome, yeah, those people won. And when yeah. you go in with a negative negative perspective, uh, I'm not going to win. I, you know, I'll, I'm a loser. You're going to lose. Yes, I absolutely believe in the validity of that, and I'll tell you why. J.B. Ryan, who's a hero to me in his ESP experiments at Duke University in the 1930s, in which he tested people and their ability to get accurate hits on a deck of cards, Ryan discovered that when people went into the experiments with enthusiasm, with a sense of hopeful expectancy, with encouragement, they would invariably do better. And when they got bored, when their attention flagged, when they were depressed, when they wanted to be do something else, the results would go down. And then if their spirits could be lifted again, even just through the introduction of something like a cup of coffee, the results would spike again. And he found that hopeful expectancy was a key to getting positive results in, this, in these ESP tests on uh, guessing card images. And sometimes hopeful expectancy would be the factor that would make the difference as to whether there was any result at all. So we're seeing something congruent in, in, in both researchers' insights there. And in your opinion, is it in the brain or outside the brain that I makes all this has, work? That, that, that's, that's, that is really the question. I think it's outside the brain because ESP, clinical ESP results are not affected by time, by distance, by space. It's not just a question of the brain being this kind of like receiving and sending center uh, like, a, um, like, a, like a radio receiving tower because these ESP experiments occur uh, without there being any disruption according to time, space, geography. So there are no physical limits. So it suggests that there's some kind of atmospheric field that's being accessed that's non-physical. That, that's just a, a, a hypothesis that the evidence directs us toward. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.